Hello everybody and welcome back to episode 11 of Pigskins and Nylon. I'm Wally Lukashinsky and I'm joined once again by my good friends Casey Mock and Hayden Ramsey. It's good to be back after having no show last week, which I'll get into here in a second. We're going to dive into some big recruiting news. We're already seeing the NIL fallouts and got some big 10 basketball hoop news coming for you guys finally. But before I throw it over to the boys real quick, just wanted to fill everybody in on a little bit of personal news. Last week on Wednesday, my Uncle Drone passed away, and we've been obviously processing with that as a family, and that was the reason we weren't able to be here this last week, as that would have been a quick turnaround and didn't feel right, didn't feel like I'd be completely here with you guys, but good guy, and he's a Buckeye fan, diehard Buckeye fan, so it felt only right that uh, we jump right back in with some Big Ten football, Big Ten basketball talk today, and I think that'll be not only good for me, but it'll... I think it'll just be a fun show in general. A lot of big stuff going on. But without further ado, Hayden, you were actually in Mexico last week and joined vacation. I will say this much. I was living through each of your pictures, each of your videos. And had we had the show last week, you had an Ask CHW question of how jealous were we on a scale of 1 to 10. It would have been pretty high. Yeah, so if anybody is a, a Snapchat friend of mine, you got to see a little bit of a glimpse of what I was doing I don't remember, well, I, I remember the pictures, but I can say that I had a, a couple few drinks uh, when I took them. But no, it was it was really fun. It was hot. I got to see these things, and at first I didn't know what they were called, so I called them anteater monkeys. But they're actually called Cody's, and I think it's spelled K-O-A-T-I. But they were like all over this resort and they weren't aggressive or anything like they didn't do anything but they just scavenged for food so like it was amazing how like they disappeared and then right when it was lunch and dinner time everybody's you know eating outside by the pool and stuff all of a sudden these cody's would appear and they would just eat literally trash and any leftovers that you had and actually i went up to the buffet and i got two hamburgers so i had two two small little plates you know and I was eating one. I set one down on our just a little table that we had around the pool. And I'm sitting not even four feet from it. And this Cody jumps up on the table, snatches my hamburger, and runs away. <laughs> so uh, they they didn't really do anything harmful, but they were kind of a pest. But they were they were fun to look at for a little bit. Yeah, I know. I saw those pictures that you were sending. You were sending a few videos. You were right. There were. I've never seen an animal like that. I never would have been a millionaire's expecting them to eat meat. But hey, it's nature. I ain't playing with it. And if I got hamburgers, you best believe I'm covering it against any kind of live animal around me. But Casey, uh, I know you weren't in Mexico this last week. But what's going on in your world, buddy? Yeah. First off, Wally, I want to mention to you that you know you and your family have been in my. And my thoughts the past week, if there, like I told you, if there's anything that you need or, or anything that I can do to, you know, help this, help you through these tough times, man, just, just let me know. But anyway, uh, with me, so kind of a lot actually. So today, Lauren and I went like venue touring, and so we went to three of them, and then we settled on one that we liked the most. But they were going to have it as a Friday wedding because they didn't have any 2022 Saturdays open. But the lady called us right after we finished our last visit 
and she was like, hey, you know, these people just August 6th, 2022, it's a Saturday. These people just switched. And we were like, oh, okay, well, how long do we have? And she's like, you just got to be the first one to text us to, like, get the venue confirmed. We're like, okay. So we scrambled really quick, and we made the decision. And so we put put our name in for August 6th, 2022 at Brookshire, I think it is, in Delaware. So, it, I mean, the place was awesome. We toured that place. We toured the Boathouse in Columbus and then Edison, which was, those were to both kind of downtown but yeah i mean that was a, that was a big thing that's big time dude that's awesome yeah Congrats. yeah that is i i would like to confirm that for sure with the woman we made the decision uh, like i think we made the decision i'm not too entirely sure but yeah so that was probably the big thing i was gonna tell you guys something else but now i cannot remember it well, that's actually perfect. We'll have you just stop us randomly in the episode and just blurt it out, and we'll figure out what it was when that happens. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to think hard about it. So, But anyways, thank you guys. You both have been a big help this week for me, so that, that's really been helpful, and it's why you guys are two of the best dudes in the world. So I, I think it's a good transition here. We've got a little of everything so far for you, but let's jump into a little Big Ten football, Big Ten basketball This week, we don't have a Big Ten, Big Five. It's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode. It works out that way where, like I said, Hayden's just coming back from vacation. He's getting back in the groove of things. I'm a little busy this week with arrangements and stuff. And Casey, you're out here booking venues and dates and stuff. So you're way ahead of everybody. So yeah, we're we're going to take a break this week from Big Ten, Big Five. But that'll be back next week, bigger and better than ever. We'll announce what that is here throughout the week on our social media platforms. But we're just going to jump right into topics this week. And I think a good way, we're going to start actually with basketball because, believe it or not, we've had quite a bit of Big Ten basketball news here in the last week, two weeks here. For one, we'll start off with talking about the ACC Big Ten Challenge of 2021. I'll spitfire these real quick. And then if you guys have any that you're particularly excited for, you find a little intriguing for whatever reason, feel free to throw it in there. But here they are. Louisville at Michigan State. Michigan at North Carolina, Duke at Ohio State, Indiana at Syracuse, Florida State at Purdue, Wisconsin at Georgia Tech, Iowa at Virginia, Notre Dame at Illinois, Virginia Tech at Maryland, Clemson at Rutgers, Minnesota at Pittsburgh, Miami at Penn State, Nebraska at NC State, and Northwestern at Wake Forest. What were your guys' initial thoughts here? Yeah, I'll, I'll go first because everybody knows that I just got back from vacation. This is the, literally the first time that I've looked at, at our sheet here, so I'm going into this episode completely blind. But the game that really popped to me was the Florida State at Purdue game. First of all, playing at Mackey's crazy. But I think both of those teams are kind of similar where they always have like big, big dudes. You know what I mean? Like just just some ginormous people. So I think that'll be kind of an interesting matchup. I like the way that Florida State plays. And, you know, not like I've watched them a ton, but just in the tournaments the past couple of years, just how they play. And I feel like I always ride with them in my in my survivor pick. So I think that could be a really fun game. Yeah, I completely agree. That's a good one. And you're right, those two teams always seem like they always have seven foot two big men that just crazy long and stuff. But the couple that I'm intrigued by, 
the Michigan at North Carolina, I think that'll be a fun matchup. I think both teams are going to be good. And North Carolina breaking in Hubert Davis as their new head coach. Really interesting to see how this first year goes. But, I mean, they're always going to have talent at North Carolina. And then Duke at Ohio State, you know, when that release came out, I thought that's a game that I got to get to. Coach K's last ride, I think that's going to be a big-time basketball matchup as well. I think both teams will be really good. So those are the two that really stood out to me as far as uh, maybe a national perspective. But also Louisville and Michigan State, I think both teams will be really good there too. Just good games all around. I love this challenge every year. This ACC Big Ten Challenge has turned into one of the things that I guess for most people early college basketball season, it's hard for people to get into because you don't necessarily feel like there's that much on the line. So to make that a little bit of a competition between conferences, I think is a really cool way to do that. We're also you're introducing fans in teams that don't typically play each other. So that's really cool. The big two that you just mentioned, Casey, I I think everybody was a little intrigued by Michigan and North Carolina. It's probably the best two teams or at least the best matchup quality wise going into this season. Now, Coach K's farewell tour going to the I even said the horse show, but going to Columbus would be it's going to be really cool. And I think that even though Duke's not necessarily Duke of five, ten years ago, it'll be a fun game in that respect. But I'm going to give a little love for a, a team that I don't think anybody would traditionally think of as a basketball school, and it's not necessarily a basketball school yet by any means. But Nebraska's going to NC State, and it's going to be our first real test of those McGowan brothers to see if they actually are the real deal, if they're going to make Nebraska more than that team that could be the 16 and 11 or whatever kind of range. Could this Nebraska team actually be a, like kind of a really difficult out for someone, whether that be in the Big Ten tournament and potentially get a dance or, or get a ticket to the big dance in March? So for me, I th- I'm actually really excited to watch Nebraska basketball, and who would have ever thought someone would be saying that unironically? Yeah, actually, <laughs> really good point, Wally. I have a fun fact for you guys, and I want you guys to take a guess. The, the guess might be easy, but I'll kind of explain more as we go. So, ACC Big Ten Challenge, which conference is leading the series? If I had to guess, I would guess probably the ACC. I would agree just because I feel like for a long time, I don't know. I think it's going to actually be real, a lot closer than I would have thought. But I'd say the ACC win percentage has got to be somewhere in that 55 to 60% click. Okay, so you guys are both right. The ACC is leading the series. But here's here's the kind of the interesting thing is this challenge started in 1999, okay? So they have played 22 series. The series right now is 12-7-3 to the ACC. But the interesting part is the ACC won the first 10 matchups. So they were out to a 10-0 series lead. And the Big Ten's, you know, kind of made a little bit of little bit of headway here, including winning 2020 and 2019. See, I, that was what I almost started going when I was mumbling and fumbling over my words, where I felt like for the longest time, the ACC was deeper. But now we're at the point where it's completely flipped, where, I mean, you're getting into that Nebraska-NC State matchup 15 years ago, 
NC State being that deep eight-ish range team in the ACC was significantly better than that equivalency over on the Big Ten, where for the longest time, if you weren't one of the top four or five teams in the Big Ten, you were kind of a joke in this matchup. Now it's kind of flipped where you go through these bottom tier, even with Kofi Coburn potentially going, which we'll go to here in a second, but guys like that, like Illinois, you're imagining they'll beat Notre Dame. I would think Rutgers has a very favorable shot at playing at home against Clemson. I mean, Minnesota-Pitt should be a fun game. Pitt started looking a little bit. But like a lot of these bottom-tier matchups, you think this is probably where it's going to lean in favor of the Big Ten to give them another, what, third straight year, according to you, Hayden? Yeah, I completely agree. It seemed maybe in the past that, especially at the bottom, the ACC was better than the Big Ten, and that's how they just racked up all these these wins. So here, okay, here's my last trivia question. Which conference has the, how do I want to word this, the biggest win like of total games? Oh, yeah, yes. most most wins in the series, I guess, is what I'm trying to, trying to get at. I don't know why. I feel like this is either going to be like the really early ACC matchups or it's going to be a more recent Big Ten one. I'm going to say someone win 11-3. and three. But who? Are you oh, okay? So the largest margin of okay between the conferences for one season, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I wasn't very good at asking okay. that question. I'm no, gonna say I got Big you. Ten. By the way, I'm gonna say the Big Ten added an eleven. Big Ten, eleven three. Ooh. So Hayden said, "Who?" When Wally said eleven and three, so I'm gonna go with eleven and three ACC though. <laughs> I like this guy. This guy gets it. That's awesome. And the winner is Casey, actually. ACC won 11 games to the Big Ten's three in 2017. So kind of recently. 2017, wow. the That's ACC won 11 games. Too. Yeah, yeah. Those were a couple good questions there. We, Ironically enough, if we were going to do this show, and eventually we will have shows where it's only two of us, but we're going to make that Deuces Wild kind of a trivia kind of game between like the two people that are on each week and we'll decide whether it be like a minor prize or a minor punishment to the winner or loser however we decide when that day comes speaking of that this brings up a great point uh and i saw it on twitter you said minor prize or you know punishment i saw a guy who lost was in la- finished last place in the in his fantasy football league had to spend 24 hours straight at a, I forget what it was, either a Denny's or a Waffle House. A Waffle House. And then each waffle that he ate took off an hour. So if he ate, you know, 10 waffles, he'd only have to spend 14 hours at the at the restaurant. <laughs> so I thought that was actually kind of hilarious. He was, he was like posting, posting on Twitter like a big thread of like, Oh my god, I've ate six waffles. <laughs> I can't eat anymore. I guess I have to stick it out here for another, you know, 18 hours or whatever. <laughs> but it, that that just reminded me of that. That's where you got to have yourself your laptop, a charger, a few Netflix series that you're ready to binge cuz you need something cuz I mean, these aren't exactly like prime waffles. No disrespect to Waffle House out there. It's not like you're eating these Lego my ego waffles here. And you're going to be able to put 20 of them down. This is hell. That's a bad 24 hours you have to spend. 
But what do you guys say? We, we're we going to keep it with basketball. I mentioned Kofi Coburn here a second ago when we were doing the ACC Big Ten matchup. Few big announcements from players here in the last couple weeks I want to touch on. I have four written down. If you guys have a couple others or you, if I'm missing any, feel free to tell me. But Kofi Coburn is in the transfer portal. He has said he's also uh, not going to the NBA draft. He officially withdrew his name. But he has come out and said, hey, I could end up back in Illinois. I'm not ruling that out. I could go somewhere else. So it sounds like he's keeping his options open. But if you're in the transfer portal, I feel like it has to be some kind of awkward to come back. That said, so there's a very good chance we do not see him in Champaign this year. Hunter Dickinson, he's back in Michigan. That's a huge win for Michigan as well. And then two Ohio State guys' names here. Dwayne Washington decided he is going to stick to his NBA declaration, and he will be in that draft. But EJ Liddell is not going to, and he will be returning. So of those four names, I just want to get a quick little soundbite for you guys. What are your guys' overall thoughts when you first saw the news? Gosh, actually, all four of those guys, I think we could talk about for a little bit, like how important that decision could be. Hunter Dickinson coming back to Michigan is like astronomically huge for them. I I don't know if that pushes them to the preseason number one, but they're going to be up there and they're going to be very, very good. Kofi in the transfer portal is very strange to me. I mean, I guess, like I think Wally said, kind of came out of nowhere, and I don't see how you can be in the portal and then go back to the school that you were originally at. That's, that seems even that seems more bizarre than him being in the portal in the first place. The last two bummer, Dwayne Washington not coming back. I that that I think that changes Ohio State's complexion or expectations for this year. If he would have came back along with Liddell. I think you can make an argument that they're a top 10 to top 8-ish team and can be set up for a really, really nice year. Now, without him back, I'm not saying they're going to be bad, but I think that drops them from a top 10 to a top 20 team, maybe. You know, not not crazy, but enough to make a pretty big difference in your year. So, I I don't know. One th- I saw an interesting point on Twitter, actually, about Dwayne Washington, and I kind of wanted to ask you guys before, before you get into your thoughts here, Dwayne, in my opinion, I, he's not going to get drafted. I don't think. And so that means he's probably going to be in the, what, the G League? Is it the G League? I think it's what it's called now. It's, yeah, G League for Gatorade League or potentially goes overseas maybe. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, there is the potential for overseas. So in this scenario of being in the G League and the possibility he could come back and he – I think he could have cashed in on some of his on some of the nil things at Ohio State, and it just I'm kind of like the decision to go to the G League or I guess overseas you make more money I get that, but if you're in the G League or you could come back to Ohio State and be a top eight team and then you could still cash in on a little bit of money I just thought that was an interesting position for him I don't know how you guys feel. I guess my initial thought was I was bummed out as an Ohio State fan first of all. Because you said it, it, it takes them from being a potential threat to make a deep run in March to a team that, I mean, that's not the expectation now, right? I mean, just fair to say that that's, they're not going to be able to, I mean, they struggled with size this last year, which I don't imagine is going to change all too much going into this year. I know they brought in that tall transfer. I can't remember what school 
what, two months ago. Guy was like 6'11", 7 foot. He's from Indiana, but I, Indiana? I don't – yeah, I don't anticipate him being a difference maker. Yeah. So Kofi I mean, Coburn. <laughs> exactly. Kofi's coming down to Columbus. You're right. But, yeah, for me, it was a bummer as a Buckeye fan. But I'm never, I guess, going to knock a guy that's going to try to bet on themselves. And if he thinks that he can be a guy, even if he is undrafted, that makes an NBA roster – who knows? I mean, there's been plenty of guys that I never thought there'd be a chance in hell they'd make that transition. And yeah, who knows? and I, I I didn't mean to come off as like I was you know saying that was a horrible decision. I just thought it was an interesting proposition that he was in. You know that he, he potentially could come back and still make some money off of his name rather than declare for the draft. Just just an interesting thought. I'm not knocking the kid at all. Yeah, no, and I didn't mean to make it sound like that. All I'm just trying to say is that. Man, if he's his dream is the NBA, he doesn't think that that's going to really. This next year in school is not going to potentially make too much of a difference one way or another. He wants to bet on himself now. I mean, hey, credit to him. He's ready to move on from college. All the best to him. I'm really actually hoping he does do well. But yeah, I mean, it was interesting because I, frankly, I expected him to be back. I'd be lying to say I if I said that I wasn't, but. It's tough right now because we don't know what that NBA Dwayne Washington situation is going to be like. All that kind of changes where you're drafted, scheme fit. But right now, though, yeah, it was a little bit of a head-scratcher. Yeah, my initial thought with Dwayne Washington was that he's got to have some NBA team in his ear saying, hey, if you're there in you know, the second round, then we're going to take you. Because while he was – in my opinion, Ohio State's best player last year. I just don't see his game. He, he's just he's not fast or quick enough for the NBA. I, I would say right now. But the dude was clutch. The dude hit some clutch threes, some clutch shots. It, he was annoying, really, to watch sometimes because he would just chuck stuff up, man, and stuff that should not go in would go in. And but credit to him, he, he made it. He's a good player. And he really carried Ohio State through that stretch toward the end of the regular season when they were kind of going through the gauntlet and then in the Big Ten tournament. So, I mean, best of luck to him. I think EJ Liddell needed another year back, so that doesn't really surprise me. Hunter Dickinson coming back, Hayden, you said it, is is absolutely huge for Michigan. They're going to be a really big team next year. So if they can find a point guard, that can come in and distribute. It doesn't have to be a guy that, you know, scores 20 points a game or anything because I think Dickinson, he'll average his 15 and whatnot. Zeb. Maybe, maybe Zeb, but hopefully he grows into his body a little bit. A boy looked, oh, he just looked long and lanky like he was 11 years old going hitting a growth spurt. Like a noodle man out there is what he looked like. One of them noodle men that they put out there. The anyway, uh, those things. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about, like with the flaily arms and stuff. But on the on the topic of Kofi, I think that that was surprising to me. I figured that if he he wasn't going to go back to Illinois, that he'd be going to the draft. I have no idea where if there's any leads, leads, leads or leans in that situation. But I'd imagine that he'd go to a big time school like a. North Carolina, who just lost their big, their really good big guy to the transfer portal. That could be quite that. That could be quite the uh, 
storyline if if Kofi does go to North Carolina and then ends up playing Dickinson in that you know beginning part of the season like yeah, like I it's hope, like nothing ever not. changed I hope right. so I hope so <laughs> yeah see you were close I think that where he's going to end up from a few of the stories I was reading another giant school that's blue Kentucky Duke oh Ooh, close okay <laughs> Kentucky is actually where two of Illinois' assistant coaches left this offseason to go to, and those were Orlando Antigua and Chin Coleman. And apparently, those were the two assistants that apparently led Kofi to go to Illinois in the first place. So he called it a serious thought or a serious possibility. Whether or not he goes there, we'll see. But as far as leads or leans, however you want to go with that, I think Kentucky is probably... I would say the early betting favorite simply because of that connection there. Now, the Hunter Dickinson thing, I won't talk about the Buckeyes. I think we did more than enough already, and we'll have all season to complain about that. But Hunter Dickinson, you talk about how big that team's going to be. That front court's going to be nasty. And then you have two freshmen coming in too. I think I'm going to get this pronunciation right. I think it's Musa Diabate. And then on top, is that right? Yeah, yeah, that was pretty darn close. I think it's... Yeah, uh, yeah. I won't even correct you, but I would love you to correct me because I have honestly no idea how to say it. I think it's Musa Diabate. Oh, Gaia, not Dia. I'll get that. I'll get that. But then, on even on top of that, the higher recruit Caleb Houston. He's a guy that can really play in this style of, of basketball. Now he could be your three, four, or even a stretch five when you need him to be. That front court's going to be the strength of the Big Ten, let alone of the Michigan Wolverines. You hear the crazy thing is, we just were talking about the Kofi Coburn. It's like killing two birds with one stone for Michigan. I mean, Illinois, obviously, they were the Big Ten like tournament champions, but they were the only one within, what was it, I think half a game or so of the regular season, and who knows what happens if COVID's not around. But yeah, you take out Coburn, and you bring him back, and you bring in these freshmen. As it looks right now, I think it's, Got to be Michigan as a somewhat heavy favorite to win the conference, wouldn't you guys say? I'm going to absolutely hate this basketball season. I already know it. But, yeah, yeah, I they they, they definitely, I think, are going to be the favorites. To, I would be surprised kind of really if they didn't win. Yeah, I mean, it just depends on these two, the two big freshmen that come in. I think Michigan's going to look a lot like NBA teams used to, like, Caleb Houston's a 6'8 kid. He's going to be a small forward. Diabate is a 6'10, 6'11. He's going to start a power forward and then a 7'1 center. They're going to have great size, but I think it, it comes down to how these freshmen play, which basketball ratings, you know, we are, are typically pretty accurate. If you're a five star basketball kid, you usually pan out to be something, but it, it's guard play for me. That's That's the most important thing. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see Michigan's guard play as they're going to win their Big Ten title. But let's jump over now to the football side of things in the Big Ten. CBS Sports released an article a couple weeks ago ranking the Big Ten toughest football schedules. That's conference for the record, guys. So that is going to disregard your out-of-conference games, the Ohio State-Oregon games, what have you. But I'm going to just spit through this list. It's starting with the most difficult and ending with the easiest, and then we'll get all of our takes on it real quick. Nebraska's got the toughest, followed by Michigan, Wisconsin, Purdue, Indiana, Rutgers, 
Then middle of the pack at seven is Michigan State, Maryland, Penn State, Minnesota, Illinois, Iowa, Ohio State, and then Northwestern. So simply put, the big name you see there is the Ohio State Buckeyes there at 13, who's the presumable favorite going in, with a couple of the other big names on the opposite ends of things up in the top, where you have Michigan and Wisconsin at 2-3. and three. And guys, those poor Nebraska Cornhusker fans can't catch a break, can they? They certainly cannot, unfortunately. But Wally, while you were reading that, I looked up the article. This article actually does include non-conference This includes games. non-conference, too. It, yeah. It, it does. Yep. Oh, wow. All yep. right, that's my bad. I did not read that right. Yeah, because um, it mentioned something about Nebraska running through Oklahoma and somebody else, I forget. But in terms of, you know, the, the list, obviously, it's just you know, whoever wrote this opinion. But uh, Ohio State, who do they have? From the West this year, they have Purdue. Probably Nebraska, right? I mean, if Nebraska, Nebraska's won, that's got to be it, it, right? It's isn't it three teams or is it just two? Oh no, Minnesota, yeah, Minnesota. Yeah, opens Minnesota night. opens. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so I mean, did they get lucky and avoid the Wisconsin and Iowa? Yeah, I think Minnesota would be a decent team. I think that that game's going to be very weird, and it. I'm not going to say Minnesota's going to win, but that. I think Minnesota can be a quality team. Purdue probably not. And then who is the other one? Nebraska. Yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be trash. But I see somebody put this um, this point down here, Rutgers Ohio State point. And so I wanted to I wanted to say something that I heard because I was listening to the radio right after this list came down, and you know down here all Buckeyes on ninety seven one all the time, and they. We're like, well, this is only this way because Ohio State doesn't have to play Ohio State. Michigan, the reason why their schedule is so tough is because they have to play Ohio State. Well, okay, fair point. But then if you break down Ohio State's schedule outside of, like, in the West, I mean, that's about almost as easy as it gets in the West. Maybe Illinois. I don't know about that. Illinois might be decent with my boy Brandon Peters, at quarterback. <laughs> Uh, Andrew Luck 2.0, but I, I mean that point. If you really, if you really get butt hurt about a list like this, sure, make that point. But I don't know. I think Michigan's schedule is is probably the second most difficult in the in the country. This art or not in the country in the conference. This um, it was an article I read today on two four seven. The guy had Washington as the ninth best team. It was it was some guy you would know. I'm blanking on the name right now. But the guy had Washington as a top 10 team. And I thought that was really interesting because everything that I've read says top 20, maybe top 25. But that's going to be a big game for Michigan. I know we talked about that earlier. And then obviously Nebraska playing Oklahoma is probably the toughest non-conference game out of anybody in the conference. But anyway, just wanted to – Make that point before someone else does so that, I don't know, I can get it out of the way and I won't get angry with it. Yeah, I was the one who wrote that down, Casey. And I guess the whole reason I put it here is just for the simple fact that I think it's always intriguing when you see like Rutgers at six and then an Ohio State at 13. You wonder about how high one of those or like that inverse, like Rutgers has to play Ohio State versus the other where that drives it. But you're right, at the end of the day, I don't think anybody should really be caring about rankings like this. I 
I mean, if you're a Buckeye fan, go out and play your week schedule, win and smile. Uh, you're going to have a loaded roster. You're going to have uh, what should be an easy path to the playoff, presumably, because you would imagine even with a loss, they get in. And if you do happen to beat Oregon and you already feel like you got a minor W over them in the month of July the other day, which we'll get to here in a bit, if you beat them, you're really set up for a great year. But, yeah, I mean, at, at the end of the day, these lists are just to keep us talking about football here in the month of like June and July. So I'm hardly something to get bent out of shape of. But, yeah, Nebraska, man, uh, you, you, you go from playing Oklahoma – then you turn around with arguably the toughest or one of the tougher Big Ten schedules in a while. I mean, it just doesn't feel like the stars have really aligned for them in the last year or so. But, hey, what were your thoughts when you looked at this list? I guess I'll kind of piggyback off of you, poor Nebraska. Uh, at Oklahoma. Is that at Oklahoma? Yeah, at Oklahoma. That's that's brutal. You know, playing Ohio State, you had to play at Wisconsin. You play against Michigan. And then you finish the year off with your rival against Iowa. So, yeah, poor Nebraska fans can't really catch a break. Yeah, other than that, I I really don't have much. You guys kind of got it all. I as an Ohio State fan, I I hope we have the thirteenth toughest schedule in the conference because that means we'll win every game and it, and we'll go to the playoffs again. So, I hope this list turns out to be accurate. For the record, too, when you're talking about the tough teams Nebraska has to play, I can't couldn't help but notice that you left off their opener. They're starting a year at Champaign at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, which we know is notably probably the toughest place to play in the entire conference. Say something nice about Illinois. Exactly. Wow. That is the biggest stretch anyone's ever said on this. Uh, we're on, what, episode 11? Yep. I'm just saying, imagine yourself, you wake up at like 8 o'clock in the morning, you go out in front of the ravenous 5,000 fans, you, you probably have like Big Ten Plus network, it's not even the regular game, it's like the one you have to go online, and there's 48 people watching online. Brutal times, guys, I'm just saying. <laughs> you are brutal right now, <laughs> I love it. I, sometimes you have to be. And here's the thing, if anyone... In the future, when they're looking at listening back to these, they're like, this Wally guy, he pokes fun at Illinois, but you can tell he's secretly rooting for him because of those stupid matte orange helmets that he loves so much. So don't worry, guys. Come that day, I'll be wearing my, what, a lion eye shirt while Casey's wearing his Iowa Hawkeye shirt and, what, Hayden's wearing his Nebraska Cornhusker stuff. So don't worry. We'll, we'll spread the love a little bit here. Now... Casey showed or shared with us on the rundown an article from 247 writer Garrett Steppen. I think I said that correctly. If not, apologize to him. He wrote an article on June 28th titled, College Football's Top Impact Freshman of 2021. There were three Big Ten freshmen who appeared on the short list of seven, including Ohio State Corners, Jacqueline Johnson, and Jordan Hancock, along with Michigan running back Donovan Edwards. Jacqueline? Isn't it Jacqueline? I would pronounce it Jacqueline, but do you think a guy's a guy's named Jacqueline? There's guys named Morgan, girls named Morgan, stuff like <laughs> that. I I was just like, hey, I I don't know. I, I guess I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. He might very well be Jacqueline. What'd you say, Jacqueline? And I just look like an idiot, and that's fine with me. Regardless, he's going to be an impact freshman, and I'm just going to have to call him Johnson the rest of the time until I know. 
But like I was saying, we had two Ohio State Buckeyes here. We had a Michigan Wolverine as well. Let's start with Donovan Edwards. Did Hassan Haskins be looking over his shoulder in Ann Arbor, or do we think that this is going to just be a a complimentary role instead of him potentially coming in and really eating his carries as the season progresses? Wow, that's a great question, Wally. Starting with Donovan Edwards, you know, Michigan has done a very, very poor job in handling really what has been good running back talent. Zach Charbonnet, you know, I hope he does well at UCLA and just rubs it in Michigan's face because that that dude, while he wasn't very quick, he ran the ball hard and he had pretty good top-line speed. So that was the first thing that stood out was that Michigan's going to mess this up somehow because not only Hassan Haskins, but Blake Corum looked good in flashes last year too. And, you know, he he's – probably the shiftier one out of all three of the running backs that are going to get some playing time. But Haskins looked good last year and looked good in spurts in 2019. I don't know. I don't know. Michigan's going to probably run all three running backs, if not throw in some freaking walk-on like they always seem to do too, and mess the whole thing up and and look like garbage. Yeah, I guess I, I kind of am with Casey here. I think Michigan's going to screw this up. But here's what I would do, or here's what I think I would want if I was a Michigan fan. And and maybe I'm I'm gonna be a little too harsh on Hassan Haskins. I I don't think he's any sort of difference maker really. But for what we, we the, the little bit we saw from Blake Corum, I think he has some serious potential. And if I was a Michigan fan, I would really, really want him to be in in the lineup. And I would want him to start. And I know we haven't seen Donovan Edwards uh, really do anything at all in college, but I I would have him. I would have that those two as the one two punch, and I would kind of tell Haskins, "Sorry, not sorry, but we're gonna we're gonna roll with these two younger guys." And the reason I say that is because both of those guys, Corum and Edwards, were pretty highly ranked guys coming out of high school, and. If you can get a real difference maker at running back, I I, I think it's it, it's worth having the, the little inexperience to get that talent. I have a quick question for you guys. Since you guys are both coaches here, I kind of want to hear the coaching side of this in your opinion. From the outside looking in as a fan, Master Teague for Ohio State a few years ago, what we got to see with J.K. Dobbins, to me it felt like a lot of hollow reps. And what I mean by that is He's coming in in the fourth quarter when the game is over. They're up by five or six possessions. I know reps are reps, and they're beneficial and helpful whenever you get them. But do you almost like to see guys like that get a few carries also, like, let's say, in the rotation, so to speak, with, like, J.K. Dobbins in, like, the first or second quarters where it might feel like the game, it's a more valuable rep, if you guys understand what I'm saying. How would you guys go about that? No, I I get what you're saying, and that's where I think Michigan has been messing up a lot of the times. They don't allow a running back to get into any sort of rhythm, and that's what, honestly, I think Ohio State's, I say lack of run game, Haskins' year, but, it, I mean, it wasn't anything near what Michigan's issues are now, but they didn't allow any of their running backs, Weber or Dobbins, to get into any sort of groove, you know what I'm saying? And I think running backs, that kind of position where, you got to find a 
find a groove and, you know, you might only be getting three, four yards pop, but then, you know, you finally bust that one out. But I just want to, so Hayden, your, your take on Haskins, having watched, you know, every Michigan, Michigan game the past two years, thought he was like Le'Veon Bell. Now, not saying he is Le'Veon Bell, but where he's not somebody that's going to run a 4-4, probably not even a 4-5, but he's got really good vision, except for the fourth down run against Ohio State in 2019 when they did this wildcat. He ran left while his pulling guard ran right and had an easy five yards on a fourth and one. Pretty much blew the ball game. But anyway, I think he's got good vision. He's a big dude, too, unlike the other two. So I, I think that he's got to get some reps. According to this, this is Lindy's Big Ten magazine here. Uh, he averaged 6.1 yards per carry last year, which I did not think it would be that high. So I, I just think you got to get a guy like that, the ball, and then just work in third down packages with Coram and Edwards if they are if they have the ability to catch a ball or whatnot. But I think that's been Haskins' big issue is that he's just never been able to get into any sort of rhythm at, at Michigan. And his offensive line has been terrible. I, I think that's a fair take. I just – slight difference in opinion, I guess. I, 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 I know what you're saying. Like, Haskins is never going to bust one for 75 yards against Ohio State. He just doesn't have the speed. Might he against – Illinois, I was going to say Rutgers, but, I mean, Rutgers is up and coming. He might, but I don't know. I just think uh, – I don't remember the last time Michigan had an explosive running back. I, I guess, you know what, I'd, what, I'd say Higdon was – Oh, I was going to say explosive, explosive. I was going to say I got fired up about those Michigan running backs in the mid to late tens, or what, that'd be the aughts, I guess, right? Wait, you got fired up about which running backs? I loved Chris Perry and Mike Hartback. Like, those were the oh, last okay. time when I was like, not to say you haven't had explosive guys, but like Chris Perry, I really thought he had a shot in the NFL too as kind of a rotational spell third down back. And when he went to Cincinnati, that was back with Rudy Johnson and that Bengals offense was actually really fun and really talented. So I was kind of surprised he never caught his foot. And that was me just out of left field. My brain, scatter brain jumped right in. So com- literally ignore that. <laughs> no, but I, I get what you're saying, Hayden, with you know the explosiveness that we've seen Coram have and that we think Donovan Edwards has. That would be very enticing, but you know they are both very young. Michigan's offensive line probably not going to be very good, so you probably want a bigger back back there that can take a beating and then just work the other two in as best you can. Let's switch it on over to those two Buckeyes we were talking about. And, man, you know, now the more I'm reading it, Jacqueline's not right. It's definitely Jake, Jake, Jacqueline. And I'm so white. It's, like, so brutal for me to even try to say this. So, apologies. I'll get that his, right. His, he literally goes by JK. Perfect. JK Johnson. Even better. I can do that one. Those two corners. They are the highest-rated corners Ohio State has brought in since Sean Wade and Jeff Okuda. So, naturally, there's high expectations for them. Oh, you mean, like, two years ago? <laughs> yeah, kidding. you're right. But, <laughs> still, well, I mean, what, four, four-ish years? Still, it's a, it's a big, exciting thing if you are a Buckeye fan. And when you had such a terrible pass defense in the past year, what, 122nd? And then this spring, you had seven banks and Cameron Brown both missed spring due to injuries, 
Hayden, we'll go to you first this time. What kind of an impact do you think that they're going to make, or is this going to be something that's kind of gradual throughout the season? I don't think they will have much impact at all, honestly. Um, I don't see them being, you know, may, you know, they might, one of them might get into a rotation a little bit, but I was, I was looking at Ohio State's depth chart a little bit, and they, people always are kind of forget last year that Cam Brown was out like the whole season last year. And they were, Ohio State was really banking on that guy to play significant minutes for them. So that was a, you know, a big loss for them. And he's back next year. So now it's just, it's finding another guy who can fill that role besides a true freshman. And there's been a lot of talk about Ryan Watts has looked really good throughout the spring. I just think it's 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 very difficult for a freshman to come in and, you know, make an immediate impact. And I think, maybe I'm wrong, I think, I don't think either of these guys were early enrollee guys. So they, they were, you know, they're coming in in the fall when, you know, they missed that whole time before. And that's that's a huge deal for, for some of these younger guys to, to see playing time. So I, I don't think they'll make much impact uh, this year, but definitely I think the year after they will. I agree, Hayden. I think that, especially in the Big Ten, coming in and playing a position so important like cornerback as a true freshman is, is very difficult. I think, you know, the guy that put this together really didn't give it as much thought as maybe he should. Because you're right, you know, Ohio State has talent in the secondary. Did they play bad? Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think that that's why he threw those two really on the list. Because, I mean, who can argue that they need secondary help, you know? There's not really too much for me to add, like you guys said. Especially going back to what you said, Hayden. Them coming in later, not being early enrollees, really does limit the possibility of that early impact. Especially in that position. So, I, I'm... Hopeful that throughout the year we can kind of hopefully see do well, we don't want injuries, but you know they happen. Whether that happened and these guys have to mature earlier rather than later, fingers crossed. But what it ultimately comes down to is we desperately need that secondary to get better or Ohio State's not going to be able to compete for a national championship. That was without it out the Achilles. We went into that Bama title game saying what we need to get two or three stops and hope we score basically the rest to survive. So that's not the recipe and it's not in the DNA for Ohio state fans. Now I want to ask you guys one quick question before we throw it over to our recruiting update. Other notable freshmen in the big 10, do you have any guys that you either were higher on than whatever the step in guy, or you think just because he didn't put it on there, you're going to hear these guys name for whatever reason, good or bad. Looking here, I think one guy that stood out to me is Nebraska's Thomas Vendone. He was the number one ranked tight end in, in the country, I believe, by 247. So, I mean, anytime you can add the number one player in his position, I think that's a big-time addition. But, yeah, I'll throw it over to Hayden to see if he has any others while I kind of relook at some some of these freshmen here. Yeah, that was me throwing this out of the left field, so my bad if you didn't have it right away. Do you are, are we counting guys who played last year but technically didn't count because of COVID? Are we looking at like guys that are coming in as true freshmen? 
I was saying true freshman, but I guess if there's somebody, like not the Graham Mertz of the world where you're like, oh God, he's coming back. He only played a few games last year, whatever. Like, no, give us like someone that maybe either is a second year player, but didn't play or a true freshman. I don't have any, any true freshman, um, mostly because I, I didn't do any research on this question at all. <laughs> but, hey, I, hey, I got one. All right, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Terrence Lewis, five-star linebacker to Maryland. Remember? Wow, yeah, yeah, I do remember. Yep. You got to think, anytime Maryland gets a five-star recruit. That boy's going to be seeing the field. You you got to think, right? Yeah, I think. Actually, which brings up a good point. For our Deuces Wild trivia, you know, I came up with some questions here, and I would love to ask one of them right now because I've just been itching to itching to see if you guys can get this answer because I thought it was really interesting. So I'm going to go ahead and ask it right now before we get into more recruiting stuff. Okay, so there are three Big Ten schools to never have a five-star commit according to the 247 Sports Composite Rating. Who are those three schools? I'm going to say Illinois because that's like a rule. We have to drag them. Uh, so I'm going to say Illinois. I'm going to say Northwestern. No, it's not. Northwestern had like a five-star quarterback or something. Did uh, he, he transfer, transfer in? Did that, does that count? Does that count? No. Uh, oh. Recruits going. Yeah. Okay, like oh, so Wally might be right. I'm going to say Illinois, Northwestern. Oh, God. I – I want to say Indiana too, but then I feel like they're going to have like an obscure five star in the last few years. But I'm going to say Indiana, Illinois, Northwestern. You are two for three. That's not, that's not bad. I can take two out of three. Okay, so Indiana is the one that's wrong, I think. So we'll go with those first two. Oh man, who? What was Rondale Moore? Do you guys remember? Was he a five or was he, he a four? He was. I don't believe he was a five star. No, and actually, I think, I think he was kind of like underrated coming out of high school a little bit. Like I, he might have been a four star, but he was like a lower four star if I remember right. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I'm gonna go. Here's my last one. Minnesota. I felt like Minnesota right, would so, have like a tight end or like a guard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Hayden, your three are who? I think we went Illinois, Northwestern, and Minnesota. All right. So, you got two out of three as well. It is Indiana, Minnesota, Northwestern. Get out. That's funny. No way. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Say, okay. So, say that again real quick. So, Indiana, Minnesota, Northwestern are the three Big Ten schools to never have a five-star commit according to 247 Sports. Who was, was it Illinois' Rashard Mendenhall? No. Actually, I think it was Aurelius Ben, wide receiver. I'm pretty sure. They might have yeah, had more than him. one, actually. I mean, back in the, what, Ron Zwick days, too? I was going to say, I don't know when 247 started. You, you guys were the ones that got me into that. How old is this website? I I believe that, I want to say like 2000, I would say. They so have it's them. like right tail end of the Zwick era. Yeah, so Illinois actually had two five-star recruits. Aurelius Ben was their number one. He was a five-star. And then... Martez Wilson, they were actually both class of 2007. They brought in two five-stars in the class of 2007. Very interesting there. And then another one that I thought um, you guys would be interested. Oh, Purdue. That's that's the one I wanted to look at real quick. Wow, I was wrong. Purdue was one. 
Wow. One, two, three. You're right. Gosh dang it. Purdue is one, two. Let me go check Rutgers now, just because now I feel like I'm freaking <laughs> mess this whole thing up. Wait, while well, you're right, looking they, that up. Oh, you got it. You found they, it? Yeah, they had three five stars. So, there we go. None of which that I've played in the past few years. I'm going to meet myself. Wait, okay. No, before you meet yourself. So, I need to know. So, Indiana, Minnesota, and Purdue? Northwestern had a five-star then? Northwestern did not have a five-star. So there's so four. Wow, this add, is like yep. the three stooges right here. Yeah, I know. And <laughs> I messed that all up. I, so just, per- I was clueless too, so don't blame yourself. Yeah. Northwestern's highest recruit is somebody that I cannot pronounce his name, but he was only a four-star. And then a guy that will remember, Brett Bazinet. Remember him? Northwestern quarterback, he was their second highest rated recruit of all time. I will, real quick, I want to throw out a notable freshman that I think that people are going to know his name sooner rather than later here, and then we'll go over to the the Hayden and Casey corner or whatever we want to figure out how to call your recruiting segment. Iowa wide receiver Keegan Johnson. He's the highest rated like wide receiver commit for Iowa in over a decade, and they're basically – Got a whole new wide receiver room. They are, there's a ton of turnover there, and I think it might just force them to play younger guys that they might not necessarily want to play that fast. Be simply on that upside, I think there's a chance that you could see him get in the, involved early on in the season. And if Iowa is going to win the Big Ten West, that passing game is going to have to be better than it has been in the last year or so. So for me, I'm keeping an eye on Keegan Johnson big time. But what do you guys say now? We switch it on over to probably one of the things you guys enjoy most, and it's that little recruiting update. And there's a couple big stories coming out this week. Buckeye fans around the world, the ones that don't even care about recruiting, they even know what happened this last week. So we'll, we'll listen to you guys and tell us what your guys' takeaways have been, I guess, in the last two weeks. Big past couple weeks in terms of, I mean, really – not only for Ohio State, but there were a lot of schools that had some pretty good days. Some some notable commits, because if I went through them all, I'd be talking for a half hour. Um, Ohio State got high four-star cornerback Terrence Brooks out of Texas. That was a big-time get. They also got a pretty highly rated four-star receiver. How do you say that name, Hayden? Kojo Antwi. Antwi? Okay. Out of Georgia, and then... Obviously, for the class of 2021, they got JTT. I'm sure we'll talk about him more in a little bit, but I'll go on with the other commits. Uh, Penn State, actually, two hours ago, got a high four-star running back, Nicholas Singleton, out of Pennsylvania. That recruitment was kind of fun to watch because it was Penn State probably about a month ago, and then he got a bunch of crystal balls in Notre Dame. Then within the past you know week and a half, they had more crystal balls to Penn State, and ultimately today he – Committed to Penn State. Same with uh, the four-star four defensive lineman, Zane Durant, out of Florida. He was trending heavily with Miami, University of Miami, for about a month. And then Penn State came out of nowhere and kind of took him. They also got four-star edge rusher Tyrese Fearbury out of Pennsylvania. Three stars, Keon Wiley, linebacker, and Caleb Artis, who's a defensive lineman. Michigan got three-star tight end Colston Loveland out of Idaho, number one player in Idaho. But that dude had some pretty good offers, too. I think that he'll jump up in the recruiting rankings a little bit. They also landed four-star edge rusher Mario Uchino out of Florida. They play football in Idaho? They do. 
That's why their number one player in the in the state is like number five fifty overall in the country. <laughs> Go Vandals! Yeah, Rutgers got a three star quarterback commit with really great size. I could not say, I could not even type his name. Really, he's got great size, six three, one eighty five out of New Jersey. That Cadden Hauser out of California, that quarterback that we talked about last time, committed to Michigan State. Three-star athlete Perry Fisher out of Florida committed to Maryland. Three-star offensive tackle to Purdue. Three-star tight end out of Ohio, Ryan Miller to Indiana. Uh, oh, so this one was an interesting one to me because three-star cornerback James Mon the third out of Florida. I feel like he had a lot of pretty good offers, and he chose Indiana. I think it was in, within the past couple weeks or past couple days. So that was a big-time get for Indiana. Tom Allen is doing a really good job. Wisconsin got three-star wide receiver Vinny Anthony out of Kentucky. And then they got a big-time commit from high four-star Joe Brunner. He's an offensive, says tackle, but he's probably going to move around a lot on the line. Um, out of Wisconsin, Iowa got a three-star receiver, Jacob Bostic. Any thoughts on those guys? Obviously, we'll probably save JTT after I do some of the major crystal balls, which, again, will favor Ohio State pretty big time so we can talk about all that at once if you guys want to but up to you no man you're good at least for me just because again this is really your two segments i want you guys to basically carry the conversation because i'm not adding nearly as much of value as you two are but i I love to hear your voice though wally so chime in just say hi or something i don't know yeah i think all those were perfect and i loved them all Actually, you know what? Here, you want to hear my voice ask a stupid question? Because you, for whatever reason... Yes, yes, please, please, please. <laughs> so when you asked, uh, or you brought up uh, Mon from Florida and all that going to Indiana. This is really kind of random. But after Emory Jones committed to Ohio State, but then decided to go to Florida, did he play Florida? Did he transfer? I, I don't feel like I ever heard what happened to him. So you're talking Emory Jones right now? Yeah, Emory Jones. Yeah, He's going to so, be yeah, so, Florida's quarterback this year, won't he? Yep. yep okay, and, there we go. I was wondering where he went. Yeah, and you know what was really interesting last year? I watched a few Florida games because they were on ESPN and there must have been nothing to watch. Or it might have been like during when the Big Ten wasn't playing. Now that I remember they would like throw him in on random yeah. possessions. And and he'd like score a touchdown and it like it would be they would be up 24 to 14 on Vanderbilt or something where, like, Kyle Trask was literally in contention for the Heisman, they'd throw him in there and just give Emory Jones a series. It was it was really weird. And, I mean, I'm not going to say it cost Kyle Trask the Heisman, but I'm sure he would have thrown four or five more touchdowns had they just rolled the dice with him instead. Um, but, yeah, anyway, he yeah, he's at Florida, probably going to be their starting quarterback this year. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, I'm like, I knew he went there. And then all of a sudden, I felt like he just disappeared off my radar. So that's good to know. I must have, uh, I must have missed those games he got thrown in. But cool, good for him. I just remember his recruiting video when he decided to go to Ohio State it was awesome because he used like a drone or something. I'm like, wow, this guy's cool. Can't wait till he's a starter. And then like two minutes later, I'm like, oh god, he's gone. All right, well that's a bummer. But anyways, Hayden, what were your thoughts on Casey's uh, recruits that he just mentioned so far before we get into crystal balls? I'm just ready to talk about JTT. <laughs> oh my goodness alright so going on with some big crystal balls within the past week or two Ohio State and here they go again 
high four-star safety, Zion Branch out of Nevada. I'm pretty sure he's a top 60 player in the country. Four-star defensive lineman, Chris McKellen out of Oklahoma, which actually, so I saw a tweet. It was about, a like, there were a bunch of Oklahoma fans, like, freaking out that uh, I don't follow Oklahoma high school football very, very much or follow you know, that state in recruiting because they typically, I mean, they produce some good players, but they're not, you know, one of the big states that you kind of follow. But apparently some of their big-time recruits have been going elsewhere and making people question whether or not, you know, Lincoln Riley has an issue keeping people in Oklahoma, um, which is a perfect segue to Ohio State's next uh, crystal ball. Cam Dewberry out of Texas, you know, speaking about teams that can't keep I, it blows my mind that Texas A and M and Texas can't keep their top top kids in in Texas. Let alone, you know, with there being another big Power Five school in Texas Tech. Anyway, I don't remember if I said his name or not, but four star offensive tackle Cam Dewberry. Do what? Dewberry? I must have missed him. Is it Cam Dewberry? Cam Dewberry. All right then. Kim Dewberry, sorry, I stumbled on that, out of Texas. I thought this crystal ball was really interesting, too. Four-star running back Katron Allen out of Virginia got a crystal ball to Penn State, which makes me kind of wonder whether or not we're going to see some crystal balls going somewhere else now that Nicholas Singletary, or Singleton committed to Penn State today. Uh, Michigan got a crystal ball for three-star corner Miles Pollard out of Tennessee. Michigan really... Really trying to hit Tennessee this recruiting cycle. Michigan State three-star offensive tackle Ryan Bear out of Ohio. Four-star defensive lineman Alex Van Summeren out of Michigan. He was a one-time Michigan commit. Northwestern four-star edge Anto Saka out of Maryland. Four-star. I mean, that's a that's a pretty big recruit for Northwestern. And then Iowa got a bunch of crystal balls for some pretty good three-star prospects, but I'll let you guys go ahead and talk about JTT while I sit back and listen. I am just so looking forward to it. And, you know, probably not this year, but, but next year, when you line up Jack Sawyer and JTT opposite of each other, I don't know if, if these guys live up to anything of what their recruiting rankings look like. I don't know how anybody can block block that i mean this is this is literally how you build a championship style defense i mean you start up front and you get guys that that can cause some havoc and get after the quarterback and we we've seen it two years ago with chase young just wrecking havoc i'm at, and i'm not trying to say that they're gonna be him but imagine having two of those guys like that going after the quarterback it's it, it's quite scary for a, opposing Big Ten teams. I, the talent difference just keeps it, it just keeps growing. And based on everything that we see with you know recruiting and how it's going, I don't I don't see any sign of it slowing down. Just one thing right here, because your excitement for JTT and Jack Sawyer is very well deserved. But you asked, how do you stop that? And then you clarified you meant Big Ten teams. But I, I wanted to point out to you that Alabama, 
You know who their top two recruits were? Number two player overall, J.C. Latham. Hey, offensive we're, tackle. We're, we're a player. Big Ten podcast, bro. We're a <laughs> yeah, Big no, Ten podcast. No, I, I get it, but I just wanted to point that out. And I didn't realize Tommy Brock Brockermeyer was at number five. Um, right, I knew he was at five, sorry, but I didn't know he was in the top five. But that's just so interesting that both teams are like, it, it really did seem like they were battling each other. Like it's know, a, it's like a war. They get almost. Jack Sawyer, and then they got J.C. Latham, or and then you get. It's just I don't know. It's yeah, very it, fun it, to see. To me, it's like you. It's almost like the war where it's like, all right, well, we are making a ton of missiles. All right, cool. We're doing all this anti-missile defense now, and it's like every time one does something, it's like, all right, let's counteract it with this. So, and you know what? What really burns for Ohio State is. For a long time, they were considered the leader for J.C. Latham, and and he that was the spot where everybody thought he was going to go until it kind of flipped there at the end, and he went to Alabama. Imagine that Alabama got him, so you know that they earned that. But imagine Ohio State's class with J.C. Latham in that class. <laughs> I mean, they would have. It's just. Well, I mean, it would it would have been Alabama's class, really. Like in terms of the amount of stars and the and the player average and all that, really, if you flip those two, I feel like they're you know Ohio State has the greatest recruiting class ever. You know what I'm saying? So, but in comparing those two, one, I can, oh, okay. You know what? I'll just I'll just let you guys go and have your <laughs> and have your fun with JTT. I'm I'm not even being a downer, but it's just really fun to compare the Ohio State and Alabama recruiting classes because the 2021 classes were outstanding for both schools you're right they absolutely were and i guess my only thing i'll add uh, to the jtt talk because i feel like we've been talking about him forever in the last few weeks even if it's off the, the podcast but anyways two of the last three years the buckeyes struggled with pass defense which is something that for a long time we really hadn't seen the year in between i know that you had jeff okuda i know you were playing sean wade in the appropriate position but Chase Young also helps that secondary. So even if you can get some of that production from these two at the same time and these recruits coming in that we just talked about, hopefully you can see that secondary improve because of that front four. So that's what I'm most excited about because I do think that they are going to do well. Now, I don't know if I'd say live up to the expectations because you know how Buckeye fans and their expectations are sometimes. So we'll see on that, but they're going to be very good players. I'm really excited about them, and man, the future is is very, very bright in Columbus. I wish that our our podcast listeners were able to watch. I wish we had a live stream. Wally and I actually watched the JTT announcement together. So I was in Mexico, and the the live stream CBS Sports only wow, works in th- the United thanks States. For the <laughs> Thanks for the invite. He called me at 4 o'clock. I had no plans in this, but he just calls and he's just like, hey, yeah, my stream's down. And my dumbass, thank God he called me. I'm watching ESPNU because I half expected to be there, didn't realize it was through CBS. So if he hadn't called, neither of us would have been able to see the actual recruitment video. Well, you know who did and who did know it was on CBS HQ? Me. So, whatever. I didn't want to be watching with the guy that was sitting there, like, has a secret, like, elephant in an A on his shirt underneath, like, a hoodie that he's just ready to whip it off at any second. Be like, not the Buckeyes. Oh, Oh, Wally, goofy. Anyway, 
I, I I wish we had a live a live stream of of us watching. First of all, CBS Sports HQ dragged this thing out on both. There was like three or four commercials in there, and you know uh, we're it was you know Fourth of July. We're on a little bit of time crunch. While he's at a party, I'm in Mexico. I'm trying to drink beer in Cancun, and they keep on these commercials, and we're just it's in, it's agonizing, and. <laughs> When when he finally stands up and you know takes the, the jacket off and it's the Ohio State the the Which, Ohio State the lettering the crew neck the crew yeah neck the crew was, neck dude that thing was badass that thing was sweet <laughs> dude, were you guys like me though when he started unzipping it and it was white I'm like oh god it's not the Buckeyes like where is he going like and I'm like it's not green either I'm like I can't believe he's going to Washington uh, or like I can't believe he's going to SC and then he got the old script crew neck and. Like you said, sharp look. But Wally and I are then, you know, screaming like we're, you know, twelve year old girls, you know, watching this thing. It was it was just it was really fun, but also agonizing at the same time. It was like the feeling of being the twelve year old that asked a girl if they liked you to circle yes or some like garbage. Like that was literally the same feeling where I was high on life, like, wow, it's awesome and then you'd start talking to yourself and I had to like really chill out because the beer's flowing and all of a sudden JTT is going to be a Heisman like favorite in my head. But, and I'm like, well, you got to chill out. All right. Like the deep breath. Okay. And I had to really slowly come back down to earth, but it took me a little while guys. It took me a little while. I got, I got a question real quick because I did see that he plans on playing basketball too. Right. That's, yep, that's what right. I saw. How do you guys feel about that? I know I probably should be like, Hey, focus on football, be the best you can there. But, selfishly i think it's gonna be a lot of fun too because i mean talk about the celebrity that he's gonna be in columbus because even just stepping on now saying he wants to play basketball i mean god we already in like buckeye country you know that i mean football's king and all that but now all of a sudden i think you're gonna get even the casual basketball fans excited to watch someone that i don't know what they expect or what i expect but it'll be fun nonetheless, and I'm pretty fired up about it. Hayden, what are your thoughts? I'm all I get. I'm for it if he can do it. I just think he will realize very quickly that that is a very very brutal turnaround going from especially you know, at that size. Yeah, I mean he's a big boy. You know, Ohio State yeah, is like, basically like is he going to cut weight like every basketball season? Because yeah. I I just don't know how that's going to work. And then plus the risk of injury with all the cutting and stuff in basketball. I don't know. I don't, I don't I, like it personally. I could see it, you know, giving it a shot for a year and I, I'm I'd probably pack it in. I, I don't think it's sustainable to do it in this day of age, you know, for, for very long. Ask me in a meaningless Wednesday in, in January, when he like blows his knee up right before a playoff game or something like that, then I will be completely opposite on this. But unless something catastrophic goes on, I just, I don't know. It's cool to have that dual athlete again. I feel like I'm in 1985 or something right now. It's pretty cool. But that's going to bring Okay, us- well, my bad. I thought, I thought we were going to have some controversy on that, but apparently not. Well, no, I, I think most people understand... The, I understand the want to. Yeah, it's the risk you're, reward. You're a top three recruit going to a place at Ohio State where you're right, man. Football is king. I, I, 
I don't know. I guess I find it a little interesting to say at least. Like, good for him if he's able to play. Start. Let, let's start the column already for when he gets potentially drafted here in four years. Does he really love the game if he's trying to play two sports in college? And his uncle like played on the high school baseball team or something like that. So that's his one real love. He'll get drafted in like the 60th round by the Yankees and take spring training out there. It's whatever. We'll see. Once we get into the season, I guess, and once, I guess, probably in a year or so, once uh, his freshman year is done, we'll, we might reevaluate that. That'll be another what, topic. What happens if he gets frustrated with his playing time in football and he gets more in basketball and he quits football and just goes basketball full time? Then what? Then all of a sudden, I don't like the basketball team as much anymore because I'm going to be throwing a temper tantrum for a little while. But that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. I'm not worried about it until it does. It's out of sight, out of mind. Out of sight, out of mind. That's going to bring us to the end of our topic today. We do have our Ask CHW segment now. We had the one from Hayden I already told you about before. It was about his Mexico trip. doesn't apply anymore, so therefore we aren't going to do that one. But we did have one last week from Alex. Alex Pessel has been pretty much the number one fan. He's been sending us a question each week, so we really appreciate Alex so far. But I actually really like this one. For whatever reason, he's infatuated with these fights. Well, and so all of our listeners, they just want the Big Ten to get in physical fights with each other. But he asked, which Big Ten mascot would you pick to win in a fight against the others and who would lose to everybody? To me, this was easy on the who wins. It was the losing and I had to do a little soul searching and find out. What, what did you guys have? Do you have an obvious winner? Because I feel like it has to be obvious, right? Yeah, it's got to be Sparty, right? Without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, d- dude, dude's jacked. He's an actual Spartan. He's the buffest mascot in the world. I wanted to, like, look at, like, Purdue Pete or whatever and give him a shot, but let's not kid ourselves. He'd get his ass kicked. Yeah, I'm rolling with Sparty, too. That's fine. Well, here, this is where it's going to get, I think, a little more up in the air. I'll start with I, who I think would lose. And I'm disregarding, like, Michigan not having a mascot, Indiana not having a mascot. Those don't count. Naturally, they're out of this. To me, it's the worst mascot in college football, possibly next to the Stanford tree, which I have a vendetta against for no reason. But anyways, the Penn State Nittany Lion looks like a 1950s pajama onesie that hasn't (laughs) been washed in the 70 years since. There's only four teeth. It has a scarf. It doesn't have a name. It's just a brutal look. It's like a, it looks like a stuffed animal that's been so old that like all of its like stuffing is out of it and beaten down. So it's all flimsy and depressing looking. So I think there's not even a question to me. That's got to be the worst one. For me, I, to be honest with you, man, I don't even know who the heck has a mascot who doesn't. But now that I think about it, the Northwestern Wildcat looks kind of wimpy, too, along with, you know, the Nittany Lion. It's um, like Willie the Wildcat or something like that. Yeah, yeah, something not intimidating at all. Obviously, Brutus is a punk. He'll beat up the ones he should, but lose to the to the tougher ones. Man, I don't know. What did you say the Purdue one was? Purdue Pete, and it's like a construction worker or something like that with the hammer and the hard hat. What's Nebraska's? It's this, I can't remember his oh, name, dude. but he's got jeans. Like, the mascot dude. has jeans. I'm like, you're cool. Dude, 
Purdue Pete looks low-key kind of jacked, and he's got that hammer thing there, too. That's what I was saying before. I wanted to say that he could beat Sparty to add a little flavor, but let's not kid ourselves. Sparty still wins that that battle there. Oh, yeah. All right, let me, let me look up Nebraska's mascot real quick, because I just feel like they... Oh, uh, you know, Big Red... Big Red, I mean, he looks kind of tough. In the jeans, it's something about it. He just yeah. looks like a farm guy that just shows up and beats everyone up. Yeah, wow. You know, I tried to poop on Nebraska again today, but you know, I'll give him credit. He's not the he's not the weakest mascot. Herbie, is that his name? Herbie Big Red? I, that, I mean, it sounds right. Yeah, It'd be G- something Google, like John. Yeah, Google, you know, brings up all this stuff. Yeah, that's a... Man, I, I think I'm just going to have to agree with you, Wally, and say the, the Nittany Lion of, of Penn State, even though if I were ever to come across a real lion, I would lose that probably 10 times out of 10. Yeah, but like the LSU Tiger, Mike the Tiger's beating the hell out of the Nittany Lion, and we all know that. that that's just a brutal mascot, right? Like Being a former Michigan fan, wouldn't you prefer not have one? Didn't have one like that? Oh yeah, a- absolutely. God, I have, and I, I don't, I, I don't know who you guys picked, but I felt like this was. Wait, I know, Wally, you picked, you picked the the Penn State one. Good, yeah, that that's a good choice. That's terrible. Mine is Lil Red. You know who Lil Red is? Is that that boy from Nebraska? Yes, he is the 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 boy from Nebraska. First of all. They had to pick. They they can't even pick one mascot. They had to pick two. That's how you know it's it's not good. You had to pick two mascots to represent your school instead of just picking one. This little dude will get his ass whooped. Just, if you go on on Wikipedia, just look him up. Little red, little backwards hat action. He would get his ass beat. I mean, he's kind of giving me like some baby New Year vibes though, where he's so big he doesn't know his own strength. The last thing I want to do is pick on that giant mean baby i'd pick on him i i uh searched worst big 10 mascots on google and somebody marched 2020 <laughs> made a an article big 10 mascots and whether or not i could beat them up <laughs> it was alex and it, alex wrote that it, article <laughs> yeah his categories were they would definitely kick my ass fair fight i could definitely kick their ass and in the they would definitely kick my ass category was Sparty, the Rutgers Scarlet Knight, and then actually had the Nittany Lion of Penn State. Well, I mean, the only thing I can think of is that's such a depressed and hungry lion that it would do anything to get survival and food. So maybe that's why they don't mess with it. Because otherwise, that's some bear in the big blue house looking mascot there. I want to know on that website or that article that you just were reading, Casey. Who was it the ones that he said he could definitely beat up? I'm I'm looking at it right now if you want me to. Yeah, unless I, you have I can't it. I can't really see all of them, but it looks like Brutus, the uh Lil the Red baby. Yeah, Lil Red, the Minnesota Gopher, and then I Maryland. I mean, I'd throw, yeah, I'd throw Maryland in there too. He Pretty said funny little image there. <laughs> the Ohio State one he said, again, this is a nut. Barring the fact that I don't somehow eat it. They're poisonous. My heel will get the job done. Okay. You know, I was also waiting for the low-hanging fruit from Casey to bring up the Ohio Bobcat 
beating up Brutus like 10, 15 years ago, whenever it was. So we're just going to have to pretend that that never happened. That was a bad look for Brutus that day. He was blindsided. Yeah, and wasn't the Ohio mascot, the guy was like 45 years old and had some like deep-rooted resentment for Ohio State. There was like a weird story. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, I don't know exactly, but it was something along those lines. That's going to bring us to the end of another episode of Pigskins and Nylon. We'll be back next week on July 16th, back to our normal day. We'll check back in on the recruiting trail. and We'll also have a new edition of our Big Ten Big Five. Please make sure you submit your Ask CHW questions by tweeting at us with the hashtag AskCHW. We'll also accept those questions tagged to us on Facebook or Instagram. We love all your guys' feedback, so keep the comments coming. Have something you want to see us do differently? Let us know. Want us to talk about something specific? Let us know. Make sure to give us a follow on Twitter at P&NPod, Facebook at P&NPod, and Instagram also at P&NPod. Otherwise, fellas, do we have any final thoughts? I'll go with a final thought, and I hope, Wally, I'm not taking yours, but it, this is based off a, wall, off a Wally tweet. You can find him at Buckeyes Freak on Twitter. Buckeyes Freak 40, you're great. Buckeyes Freak 40 on Twitter. And he tweeted on the 4th of July. On the 4th of July let, me, let me pull up the exact tweet here so I have it completely verbatim. And I, if I recall correctly, it was from a couple years ago. I've had this vendetta for probably 15 years of my life, so I'm really happy you're bringing it up. Here it is. From This is July 3rd of 2017. Update. Fireworks still suck. And then he quote tweeted it on uh, the 4th of July this year. And he said, my annual 4th of July bump. And I just wanted to say that he's absolutely correct, and fireworks are one of the most overrated and overhyped traditions, I guess, that we have, and I, and I don't enjoy them at all. Thank you for bringing it up. My only thing, I'll, I'll leave it at this then, because now this is my final thought, too. You are watching your money explode in the air. You are terrifying every animal on the face of the earth. The veterans you are supposedly celebrating are the ones that are more likely to have PTSD and hate fireworks. They are 110% worthless. And basically, I'll come out and say it. If you are the type of person that buys fireworks yourself, that pretty much just guarantees that I won't like you. Like, we will not be friends. We will not be acquaintances. That is like an IQ check at the door for me where I'm like, nope, you know what? Pass. Wow, I guess I won't send you a video of me lighting my fireworks off tonight then. Yes, I would definitely recommend not doing that, or there might not be a 12. The only, one of, I'm not going to say the only, but one of the the best things about uh, the 4th of July is that video where the guy's like, back it up, Terry, put it in reverse. And I replay that every single year, like 35 times on the 4th of July. Yeah, it's, uh, uh. I don't know. I really, I don't have much else to say, and I feel like I could go on forever, so I'm going to leave it at that. Casey, what are your final thoughts today? Oh, man, I don't really have any final thoughts. It was good to see you both. Aiden, I'm glad you traveled well, made it back, passed your COVID test, right? I want to let you back in here. Yeah, good. Nah, it, it was great to see you guys. I know we're trying to keep this short, but here we are. 
over an hour and a half into it, almost going on two. So it's inevitable um, every week. Every we're like we're gonna make this short and simple, and then it it's two hours long. And yeah, I don't yeah, know we what cu- happened. We even cut out our our Big Ten, Big Five, and still managed to get it there. But glad to see you guys. Yeah, final thoughts. Yeah, maybe because it was two weeks, it kept us going a little longer, but. That is it for us this week. Make sure you come back next Thursday and catch us for episode 12 of Quick Scans and Nylon.